The following message is presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Now the message. God, I thank you for this opportunity to come together with this church. Um, God, I thank you for this morning. Lord, help us to open your word. Um, And Lord, every time we open your word, help the same thing happen. Help us to be convicted by what's in it. Help us to be directed by what's in it. And help us to have the the courage to take the next steps that are required. God, thank you so very much. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, listen, I want to tell you a story. Um, And this is a story that you're going to be very familiar with. Uh, especially if you've grown up in church. This is going to be one you know. Um, it's going to be found in Judges. And really, we're going to cover, we're going to cover about three different chapters here. Um, I'll summarize the first two, then we'll dive into what's happening in the last. It's going to be Judges 13 to Judges 16. We're going to look at the story of Samson. We are going to look at Samson. Um, and, and, and I apologize, it's been a few years, I think, maybe since I was here speaking last, or it's been a while. Um, you'll have to remember, the only way I can keep college students awake when I'm speaking to them is if I ask them questions and I make them answer. Right? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, so listen, I'm going to ask y'all some questions and y'all just fire back at me. What do we know about Samson? He was strong. He was strong. That's right. He could do anything, Right? What else do we know about him? I heard something. What was it? That's right. That's right. A Nazarite vow. Good job. Absolutely. Yeah. So what could he not do? Couldn't cut his hair. He had the only justifiable excuse guys have for having that long flowing locks, right? God told me not to cut it. I tried that on my wife after a couple years of marriage. She did not agree with me. Uh, but yeah, that's right. That's right. What else do we know about him? What happened to him? Delilah. <laughs> One word answer. That's absolutely right. You're right. What happened to him, Delilah? Uh, he made some mistakes. Uh, he fell into some hard times. Uh, and, then, and then God had a use for him at the very end as well. Uh, well, you guys have summarized the high points. I'm going to try to do so myself. Uh, and we're going to look at this story again. Because I heard a pastor... Talk about this story in front of a group of Louisiana pastors. And I thought, man, why are you telling the story of Samson in front of a group of pastors? We've all heard this story a million times. But his take on it was such that it sparked an interest in me and it resonated with me. And I hope that, that, uh, that by the time I reach the conclusion, you were in the same boat that I was. Um, but you're right, you're right. This is found within Judges 13 to 16. Um, and then again, like I said, we're going to summarize kind of his past story real quickly. What we see in the book of Judges is a similar cycle. Uh, one in which the, the people of God, they've now come into the promised land. They didn't finish cleaning out the promised land. And they do not have a political leader yet. They do not have any kings. Um, and what we find is that these people living in the promised land will, will live faithfully to God, but then something will cause them to go astray. Uh, the gods of the neighboring countries, um, some other misdeeds, and eventually they lose that dedication to God. Freedom leads to, to, uh, to loss of righteousness, uh, and then eventually they get oppressed by those neighbors that are around them. And when they're in dire enough straits, they call out to God, and God raises up an individual who's called a judge, who brings uh, kind of God's judgment against those neighbors and delivers the Israelites back to freedom. 
And then we see that cycle repeat itself again. Um, and God chooses these individuals to be judges. He chooses them in, in, in miraculous ways and brings deliverance through them. For instance, we all know Gideon's story. Um, that's another familiar one. With 300 men, he defeated an army of thousands so that his people could experience freedom. Another judge, is, his name was Othniel, and his name means God is with me. Another one, Jephthah. Jephthah was the son of a prostitute and had been kicked out of his father's home, but he was the one that God chose to bring back deliverance to his people. And so this cycle is repeating over many, many years. And what happens right before Samson is born is once again the people have strayed away from God. And as a result, the Philistines, this was a group of Canaanites that lived right next to them towards the coast. These folks started, uh, started oppressing the Israelites. Uh, they, they took over lordship of them. They were, they were restricting their freedoms. They were persecuting them. And this time God does something different. God's always working his plan out, and he works it according to his wisdom. And oftentimes, he likes to do things in a different way and a similar result. He works something different this time in that he didn't come to a grown-up and say, I'm going to use you to, to save the people. He didn't come to a young man living in his father's home saying, you're going to step out of this and you're going to, you're going to do great things. He didn't come to a prostitute's son leading a group of, of, of rebels on the side saying, hey, you're going, to, you're going to change your ways and you're going to do great things. Instead, he came to a mother and said, the child you're going to bear is going to do great things. And he explains to Samson's mother, this is what you've got to teach him. This is what you've got to show him. And he's going to bear the strength of God in delivering his people. That happens in verse 13, or chapter 13. In 14, though, we see Samson has grown up now, and he started making some mistakes. What was Samson's kind of weakness, it seems like? Besides violence, which he does that as well, but what is kind of his weakness that we see peeking out in chapter 14? Ladies, right? And a specific type of ladies, he seems to have had an affinity for Philistine ladies. Uh, this was scandalous at the time because it was the Philistines who were oppressing the Israelites. Keep in mind, mother had heard the vision. Mother had heard the word of God. Mother passed that off to Samson. And then Samson started choosing his own path. In chapter 14, he wants to marry a Philistine. It ends up going badly for all involved. In chapter 15, the very beginning of it, we have him in a Philistine city in, in Gaza, and he's visiting a prostitute. And then in chapter, or, uh, chapter 15, verse 4, we see that he meets Delilah. Now, to be honest with you, we don't know Delilah's backstory. Her name is Hebrew, or at least the base root of it is Hebrew. Um, and, and the place that it says that she's from is right on the border between the Philistines and the Israelites. But it never actually says that she's one or the other. Now, she does seem to readily agree with the Philistine lords when they come to her and ask her to sell out Samson. So in probability, she is a Philistine. Either way, she's someone who does not love Samson and is seeking her own gain. This this is a point that I often like to make with my college students and, and I think can bear remembering here. You shouldn't align yourself with people who don't care about what's best for you. You shouldn't align yourself with people who would sell you out for their own gain. 
So many times we try to derive our worth from what other people tell us, and as a result of what they say, we're willing to put up with a lot of things. When in truth, our worth comes from God. And God would never sell us out for monetary gain or for any kind of gain. Because God cares about us. Samson became involved with this lady who did not care about him. And as a result, she agreed to sell him out to the very enemies that he had. The people that he was God-ordained to oppose. And it starts up in in verse 7. If you look in 7, she she asked him, where do you get your strength from? Uh, How do you do this? And what does he tell her? Who can tell me? What's that first way he tells her? It's a creative story he comes up with. That's right. Give me some strings or cords, will some scriptures will say. Uh, says, man, they, they've got to be good. You've got you to you you wrap me up with those things tightly, and then I won't be able to do anything. And then what happened, of course? Philistines broke in. He's, oh, ha, ha, ha. Joke's on you. Breaks the cords, starts fighting. And then just a couple of verses later, just three verses later, she repeats to him again, why'd you tell me that? Come on, we're really... Where do you get your strength from? Be honest with me. And what's he tell her the second time? Ropes. I heard someone say ropes. New ropes. That's right. He comes up with something else. Give me some new ropes. If you wrap me up with new ropes, that'll do it. And then what does he do? Falls asleep. He gets tied up with new ropes. Philistines come in. Delilah, ooh, the Philistines are here. Whoa, watch out. What's he do? He breaks it. Fights them off. Three verses later, we're repeating the same process. Why did you lie to me? Tell me what really happens. How do you get your strength? And this time, he comes up with something different, right? He went with, he went with cords. He went with strings. He went with rope. My theory is he was just an avid fisherman and needed some extra some material, and so he made up those first two lies. Uh, but the next time he comes up with something much more elaborate. And what is it? Right? It's, it's, it's the hair. You've got you to gotta do something with my hair. I don't know what a tress is. That's some kind of hair fixing up thing. I'm not sure. I don't have enough hair to do that. Uh, but he says you've got to put it in a loom. You've got to make it into these seven tresses. And if you do that, I'll be just as weak as can possible. And what does Delilah do? As soon as he falls asleep, she does the same thing again. Which, by the way, just a quick aside, my man Samson could sleep through just about anything. (laughs) Again, I'm not familiar with how to put hair in a loom, but it surely would have been enough to wake me up, I think. Uh, It seems like a a labor-intensive project. But she starts to do it to him. Oh, Samson, the Philistines are here. What are you going to do? Of course, he wakes up, shakes it off, fights them off. Now, three times he has been quizzed by Delilah, and he has given her three different stories. And every time he gives her a different story, she does it. But then she asks a fourth time. And this time, what does Samson do? He tells her the story he's always heard. Well, my mother said, strength comes from my hair. My hair's long, and if it gets cut, then I'll be without strength. And what does Delilah do as soon as he goes back to sleep? She cuts it right off. 
And this is important because y'all look with me. Look real quick at verse 20. So, you know, 15 through 17 is where she's asking him, and he finally tells her about the hair. In verse 20, again, the same thing. Oh, Samson, the Philistines are here. And he wakes up, and he's thinking, I'm going to go out. I'm going to shake myself free. I'm going I'm to mess these people up. And it says in verse 20, he says, But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He'd become so callous, so numb to God's power in him that he didn't even know when it was gone. And of course, what did he find out? Found out that that gift he'd been given, that ability that God had blessed him with, had in fact departed. And he was just, just, a, just the same weak man that all of us are. Why do you think he told her the real, the real reason that fourth time? And y'all help me out. There's no such thing as a wrong answer except for the ones that aren't correct. Uh, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Why do you think he told her? What's that? It does say, actually, the, the translation there is that she annoyed him to death. She annoyed him to death. And I have four children. So I know repetitive questions that annoy you to death, right? I remember when my dad was, was raising me, and he would default to that answer of, because I said so. And as a kid, I was like, I will never do that. Because I said so is the worst answer in the world. That didn't take me long, for I was like, oh, man, I'm tired of answering. It's because I said so. Uh, I'm a firm because I said so man now. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, he, was, he was asked repetitively. She really emotionally tried to manipulate him, which is another good sign of someone not being in the relationship for your benefit. They're willing to use emotions to manipulate you. She did that. But I don't know if it was enough for him to give up his strength given from God. What's another good reason? Why do you think he told her? Maybe he thought he was invincible. Ooh, that's a good answer. In fact, you're, you're hitting, hitting to the heart of the matter. You jumped too fast. We've got to hear a couple more bad answers first. No, good job. Good job. See, what I think happened, the other, the other common excuse is that he's just an idiot. Uh, well, he's not that smart, so he told her. Uh, and that's, that's, maybe that's plausible. Uh, he certainly did a lot of dumb stuff within these last couple chapters. But when you see that he wakes up in 20, he thought, I'm going to fight these people off. It wasn't that he was just not smart and he didn't realize what was going to happen. I think you hit the nail right on the head. I think he had grown up hearing that God had blessed him. I think he'd grown up hearing, never cut your hair because God's done all this for you. But when you look at his life, the way he lived it out, he did everything he did for himself. And that eventually, that old story, that whispering in his ear of God blessing you, God doing this for you, was just that. And all he knew was, I am strong. And if I want to do this, I can do it. If I need to do this, I can do this. I'm the one who's going to be counted on. So much so that he didn't even know God had left him when he'd woken up. He thought he was invincible. And I think this shows us a couple of things that we can then take into our own life and kind of help us as we're looking at what God has done with us. One is, what are our gifts from God? And are we using them to the degree that God meant? There's something that I firmly believe each of us are uniquely equipped to make a blessing on this world. 
Each of us in one way or another have been touched by the hand of God. Each of us have been made capable of doing great things, whether through acts of service, words of love, encouragement, singing, music, teaching, anything. God has gifted each of us to do that. But your gifts from God are meant to be used while in relationship with God. Otherwise, you're doing the same thing Samson's doing. You're strutting about and trusting in your own strength. When we use those gifts as God intended for them to be used, when we use those gifts for the glory of God, that's when we really see what God has done and the beauty of it. Y'all look with me real quick. Uh, there's, a, there's a passage I love. It's in Romans 12. Romans is all the way in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all act Roman. And they hang out with Corinthians. Uh, look with me in Romans 12. And we'll start in verses, uh, let's do 6. So here he's, he's talking about the, the gifts, one body, the gifts of the church, the, how each of us make up the church, and how each of us is uniquely gifted. He says in verse 6, According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching, in teaching. If exhorting, in exhorting. Giving with generosity. Leading with diligence. Showing mercy with cheerfulness. Y'all hear that? Each of us have been given a gift. And the command that Paul gives us, and I believe through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God is giving us, is to use our gifts in proportion to the faith that we have. Again, every gift is to be meant to be used in relationship with God. In fact, um, I don't normally read the NLT, but I, 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 love, um, I looked up the different way they translated this particular verse. The NLT translates verse 6. It says, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. then the idea for us is, are we praying for others with as much faith as God has given us? Are we sharing with others with as much faith as God has given us? Are we serving others with as much faith as God has given us? Are we encouraging others with as much faith as God has given us? Or are we just doing a dog and pony show for our own benefit? Carrying the gates of a city off or hitting people with incredible violence and tying foxes up and running them through a field? Are we just doing all that nonsense for ourselves or are we doing something for God? Romans eight seventeen is a great verse. It's a reminder of who we are. It literally calls us heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. In all things that we do, we should be remembering who we are. And in doing so, we will fulfill the love of Christ. In doing so, we'll fulfill the plan of God. Samson had been given such a unique opportunity. He'd been equipped for that, but he lacked the relationship with God in using that ability. All of us, are we pursuing that relationship and then allowing that relationship to illuminate what it is exactly we need to be doing? Some of you may be saying today, I don't know what my gift is, Conan. I don't have any idea. I don't think I have any gifts. I want to rebuke that from the beginning. You absolutely have gifts. You absolutely have purpose. You absolutely are uniquely crafted by God. And if that is the case, then I tell you, God intends for you to use gifts, abilities, to bless the people around you. Maybe it starts by just saying, I'm going to pray for someone. I'm going to name an individual. I'm going to pray for that guy. 
Then it moves to serving that person. I'm going to see if I can help them in some way. I'm going to see if there's something I can do. Maybe it comes to having a conversation with them in which you say, man, I'd love to tell you my story about who faith is, what faith is, and why it's important to me. By doing so, you contribute to the kingdom. By doing so, you give glory to God. You do the opposite of Samson. The second thing that I think is important for us to look at, oh yeah, I'm, we're going to make it. We're good. Remember, we're not going until 1.30. I established that. <laughs> it's 1.15. Everyone knows. Uh, no, no, no. Listen, the second thing here uh, is, is the question that I asked, and, and actually my wife, Christy, helped me formulate this. Um, she said, is complacent living taking away God's power and leading us to bad habits? Is complacent living taking away God's given power and leading us to bad habits? Are we trusting in ourselves or daily leaning on God's power? We've got to be careful with what we choose to do in our free time. We've got to be char- careful with the way we, we choose to live our life. The word sin, of course, means missing the mark. Or missing the mark of perfection. Sometimes, listen, we can chase things down a bad hole far enough that would actually become numb to the Holy Spirit leading us that we shouldn't be going that way. Just like Samson didn't feel God's power in him. He didn't even recognize it was gone. We've got to be careful with what we're choosing to do with ourselves. And all of our decisions, are we bringing God the glory? Or is there something we're wrestling with? And it can be any number of issues. We're struggling with lust. Are we struggling with anger? Are we struggling with self-doubt? Are we living in a way that's keeping us from reaping the full benefit of that relationship with God? If the answer is yes, then the good news is God is ready for you. One of my favorite Beatitudes Jesus gave is is, uh, Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. If we desire to be in relationship with God, the good news is God desires to be in relationship with us. And a great way to connect with him on a regular basis, this is that one-string guitar that I, I try to pluck constantly, a great way to be with God on a regular basis is to crack open this mysterious book that's in front of us, to struggle with the names, to, to not really be sure of the place it's referencing, but to see the wisdom in it and dive into it fully, to read it on a daily basis so that our comprehension of it will increase. So that we can say, just like Peter said when, when, when Jesus asked him, are you going to believe in also? And Peter said, where else can we go to get words of life? We can enjoy our relationship with God by starting to read his word. If you're not already doing so, I encourage you today, take 30 minutes of your day and read some of the word. Start in the Gospels. Read Matthew. Read a chapter. Read two chapters if you've got a chance. And then tomorrow say, I'm going to read another one. Start today so that a year from now you'll have 365 readings under your belt and you'll be looking forward to the next 365. This is a book full of wisdom that will improve you on a daily basis. There are few assurances that I can give my college students. Few. I don't know what the job market's going to look like. I don't know if we're in a recession. I don't know what the political future is going to be like. But one assurance that I feel comfortable in giving them is that if they spend time seeking God through his word... He will be found. And then we can also increase our relationship with him by spending time in prayer and spending time around good folks in your church community. 
Let them spur you on to love and good deeds, as Hebrews 10, 24, 25 tells us. Let them be there for you, to support you when you're going through hard times. Find within them someone who cares about your benefit, not for their gain, but for the kingdom's gain. And step away from whatever those bad habits are that you know is keeping you from God. Use accountability with the other believers around you, asking them, please hold me accountable to this. Help me to fight it together. A prayer Paul wrote uh, for the Ephesians, if you'll look with me, look for it real quick in Ephesians 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all act Roman, they hang out with Corinthians, and then General Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, come on, you've got to know all the little tricks, right? I was a Bible trivia master back in the day. Ephesians 3. So this, is, this is a prayer Paul had for the Ephesians, and I think it's beautiful because I think it's a prayer we should have for us as well. Starts in verse 14. It says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, the depth of God's love, and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Guys, my prayer for you guys is that very same thing, that the power of Christ will be dwelling in you, that you'll be able to know how much God loves you and values you, and that you'll use your gifts that each of you have received from the Father for the glory of the Father. That unlike Samson, you'll recognize everything you have is given to you by God. Unlike Samson, you'll realize that it's important the choices you make. And unlike Samson, you'll give God the glory and you'll see kingdom work accomplished. Especially as y'all enter into this important time of this church in which y'all are picking a new leadership, y'all are picking a new head. Um, I pray that God is all throughout that selection. Um, I pray that you are able to find exactly who God would have you to have. And that together with that new leader, y'all are able to make an impact on this community that radiates out. That Bayou Vista will be blessed, Morgan City will be blessed, Louisiana will be blessed, and then the whole world will be blessed by the faith of the folks within these walls. Let me pray for you. God, thank you again so very much for letting us have this chance to look at this story. Um, this individual who lived thousands of years ago. Um, God, you, you gave him so much. You gave him the opportunity for so much. And God, he just he never grasped that in relationship with you until the very end. God, I pray that it doesn't take something like that for us to see how valuable we are to you. God, I pray that we are walking in faith, God, that we are seeking you in all things that we do. God, that we know what our gifts are, that we want to use those for kingdom work. Lord, please help everyone here, whether they're struggling with anything, bad habits, sin, whatever's happening, God, help them to see you through the storm. Lord, help them to hold on to you. Help them to, to desire you. As Jesus promised, we will be filled if that's the case. God, help those in here who are stuck in relationships that are not for their benefit. Lord, they're seeking the approval of someone who just doesn't love them the way you love them. 
And in truth, Lord, they deserve to be loved the way that you love them. God, give us all the courage and the strength to make the decisions we need to make. And God, help us to see your face in all things. Best things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The preceding message was presented by Bayou Vista Baptist Church in Morgan City, Louisiana. For more information about a relationship with Jesus Christ or about Bayou Vista, including contact info, go to the website www.bvbch.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.